Well, good evening, everyone. It is Oscar weekend here, and more importantly, it's the weekend of the 2019 Wards. Welcome to your presentation. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here uh, with my good friends to present to you the 2019 Wards. My good friends. Uh, Mitch Haba and... And... Colin the Ward. namesake of the award show itself. Hello, Colin Ward. Hey, <laughs> his name is Colin Ward. I don't even say my name. <laughs> this is the official, unofficial podcast, or unofficial award show of the. <laughs> I don't know what we are called anymore. <laughs> kind of the oh, planet okay. ad film. Yes, we podcast, are. But also, formerly the Woodward's film cast uh, yes. for the half a dozen people that used to listen every uh, week. It's mm-hmm. you'll know you've noticed that it's been a while, but we're busy. We've mm-hmm. got lives. We're doing this on two different coastal times, and uh, uh, but we but we 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 vowed to get together for our yearly celebration mm-hmm. of the award show. Now, uh, before we get into it, Colin, since it's your it's your award show, and since it it it, it predates the uh, the podcast itself, do a little explanation on uh, what this is, and then we'll uh, we'll proceed with. All of the uh, ceremonies. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the fifth year, I believe, that we are doing the wards. And I always got frustrated with the Oscars and the SAGs and every award that I was like, I'm going to do my own. And I pick all the nominees and I send it to a group of this year. I think it was 28 people. Um, did you send it to 28 or send it 28 to tw- people? Oh. I sent it oh. to 28. I will say that this was the lowest <laughs> turnout for Ward's participation. Mm. Um, present company included. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kale. First, Kale. first off. Explain yourself. I don't know why. Let me ask you, Colin, before uh, we go any further. Uh-huh. You think, do you think there's a reason? Why do you think it was a low participation this year? I was going to, I would say, I think it's a mix of a few things. I think it's a mix of people have lives and are doing things and like they have stuff to do. It's, We're getting older. Yeah, it, it happens. People have kids now, which is like, well. But uh, people are getting married. They're having kids. They're, they're losing jobs. It's crazy. What is going on out there? <laughs> but, um, but I also think it's, has a reflection of you know what was nominated and availability and interest in the movies that are out this year. When you say availability, do you mean uh, the, the the choices you had to choose from? Well, of, of, of like people's um, availability to watch. Um, to go, so yeah, yeah, right. yeah. How where to find it, where to stream it, where to if they have to oh, go yeah, out and so. see it. Right, like for example, you have the rider on here a lot. I mean, a lot of people maybe have not seen that in, in theaters when it was out, right? Correct. Yeah, and it was, was that out, even in theaters. Yeah, it was out early, like March, like almost a year ago now. Right. Um, that I saw that I saw it in theaters, and I don't think it was there for long. So, mm. um, yeah. So, I, and normally it's I send out to twenty eight people. People whose opinions on movies I respect, who I know see a lot of movies or are involved in some type of artistic field, and uh, just kind of do a consensus vote of what we think are the best movies of the year. And uh, so the point is really basically to be a better uh, award show than the Oscars in all aspects. Absolutely. And um, I mean, 
more prestigious, more inclusive, <laughs> more, more everything is the word. And, and uh, more categories and, and yeah. different categories. Like, for example, we do uh, we do best score and we also do use of song, which are two different kind of uh, categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, scenes of the year, acting on Scene of the year, yeah. That's one of my favorites. It's, it's kind of like best kiss, but the best scene. It's, well, uh, sometimes yeah. they overlap. I know. I think we have <laughs> had then, that happen before. Again, one of my favorite things is we also give insight into, in each category, Colin, who came in uh, not only first, but who came in second and third. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is the most exciting thing. And if I have to give the Oscars maybe a word of advice or want people to turn it like if you oh, want I got a lot to of t- things to say absolutely <laughs> absolutely but if you want people to t- tune in this year show me the receipts like one I think show me the receipts yeah 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 <laughs> I think it will get more people interested and in to see uh, where like their thoughts or like where their opinion on who won like wound up but also it gives us an insight to who's voting in the academy and like right. what their taste level is. Right. Right. Correct. They will never do that. Not like they should. No. Never, never, never. No. They um, can't even pick a host or decide how to broadcast their show, <laughs> let alone whether to add a really bad category and then immediately remove it. The cool thing about the awards is it's run by a competent autocrat. And, <laughs> and he makes decision. He makes the decisions, and we don't complain. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you do complain, I don't include you in next year's email. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um. Uh, uh. Well, I was gonna say. So, Colin. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> as you alluded to, um, <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't vote. I know. I saw. I uh, look, man. I I just didn't see a, a ton of moving. So, and everyone, just so everyone knows, before we get to the awards, we're all gonna we're gonna do a very quick our favorite individually, the three of us, our favorite ten movies of the year. But you know, it was hard for me to even come up with more than ten movies that I saw. I just I just didn't make it to the theater this year. And you know, there's guilty ones too, like Roma. It's you know, I have Netflix. It's it's easy access. I just I haven't sat down and done it yet. Um, so I, I didn't feel like, you know, last year I abstained a lot from a lot of categories, but this year I felt, I just, I, I, I wouldn't be truth, wouldn't be genuine to the listening audience if I had a vote in this. I understand. But I did figure since the host of this year's Oscars didn't see any of the movies either that, uh, it's okay if I host this, uh, this podcast and didn't see many of the movies. I think that's acceptable. That's a joke because there is no host for the Oscars. Um, all right, but like like I said, let's get into before we get into the actual 2019 awards, which uh, is about all the best films and categories of 2018 movies. We're gonna tell you since we haven't done a podcast in forever what each of ours favorite 2018 movies were. Uh, again, I didn't see a lot, but I can tell you what I thought. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we're going to start with Mitch. Mitch, I, and I think, unless you guys <coughs> have... 10? Do you want to do, do, well, do... We'll 10, each 10, do 10. 9, 9? Yes, yes. 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, unless, you okay, didn't, unless you didn't rank yours. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I did a quick ranking at work this, this <laughs> afternoon. Like Shouldn't most you of be the years, avataring? Like, 
like most of, hey that's a, for confidential oh, info yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> that's, who doesn't know you got to keep um, the keep the 300 people working on that movie there, silent wait there's a sequel in the works <laughs> all right all right all right <laughs> um anyways I, yeah, we can do 10 10 10 so we're gonna go through in order our 10th favorite our ninth favorite our eighth favorite movies of the year and of mine are going to be well, probably eye rolly. We should do the, honorable. I don't know if you have enough to do honorable mentions, Kale. But uh, well, I I have enough. I just I don't want to spend too much time on this because the awards show itself is going to be about right. five hours long. Right. So and you know it's already one fifteen in the morning. <laughs> okay. Well, before and by you. By the way, listening audience, for those just tuning in, we normally do this on like Sunday mornings, and we're having oh, coffee, yeah. and we're just waking up. We're kind of uh, we're dabbling in the alcohol while we do this because it's a celebration. Uh, uh, so I had as a, it goes on, the the more schlosh yeah. will sound. So it's it's one sixteen a.m. on the east coast, and I had a drink at six. I had a drink at seven thirty. I had a drink at eight thirty, and then I just now I'm double fisting a rosé and a gin and tonic. Mm, how perfect is that? So uh, I just got home from work, so I have some catching up to do. It's cold. And in that spirit, um, <laughs> I see we forego honorable mentions. We can we can talk Fine. about them later. Well, I just want to uh, throw an honorable let's, mention let's out. Let's do conviction. No, let's do conviction. <laughs> okay, you be, number you ten. Be steadfast. What All right, was your tenth favorite movie. Of My the year? tenth favorite movie of the year was Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Because, yeah, uh, yeah I was okay. impressed by that good. film. It was very good. Yeah. Funny, great movie. Also poignant and sad and. Good. Yes. Anyway. I agree. Colin, your number 10? My number 10. Uh, my number 10 spot is normally reserved for like some type of pop culture phenom movie that, oh, I, I, that I really like. Oh, it's like your best popular film? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, my number 10 is A Star is Born. Uh, oh. I'm a little surprised to see that down by the Yeah, I spot. thought that was going to be up higher. I saw a lot of fucking movies this year. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, no, sure, sure. Um, yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's the movie I saw most in the theaters this year. Is it without its faults? No, but did I have a great time watching it? Absolutely. Mm. And it has, it is better than it has any right to be. Yes. Um, I, I My 10th favorite movie, you guys are going to fucking hate my list. My 10th favorite movie of the year is Black Panther. When I think about 2018, since I didn't see a lot of movies, I'm going to just really think about moments that I remember being in the theater. And uh, Killmonger's last little speech there uh, stuck with me a lot, and, and really Michael B. Jordan's performance entirely. So uh, that definitely cracked my top 10. So that's my, that was put at number 10 for me. He was the best part of that movie. I will say he is a nominee tonight. Ooh, yeah, he that's is. Right. You're right. And if I had voted, <laughs> I had voted for him. Uh, Mitch, what was your what was your ninth favorite? Uh, number nine was Thunder Road. It was an independent film that was screened at um, the Planet Ant here, and they had the producer there to do a little Q and A. And it's hard to find, but I think everybody should seek it out. Um, it is uh, starring and directing a guy named uh, Jim Cummings, and he wrote it too. Um, and it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. it. It's a very great character story, and um, the acting is just incredible. I, I, I can't really say much about it, but it feels very real, and it's funny and tragic, and it's good, very good. For an independent film made on a shoestring budget. 
I hear that there is a great scene involving a eulogy in that movie. It's the very first scene. Yeah. It's a it's a an uninterrupted like twenty minute take of him doing like kind of losing his mind doing a eulogy for his mother. And he like decides to start like singing to Thunder Road and dancing to it, but it doesn't work. So he's like dancing all by himself. It's great. It's named after the song by Bruce Springsteen, but they couldn't get the rights to do it. So Cool. Nice. It's great. See it. I will I, check I would, it out. Yeah, please I check like it out. I like independent films, and I, I definitely can empathize with shoestring budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin, your number nine? Yeah, uh, my number nine is a movie that I had maybe more fun watching uh, this year than any other movie, and I caught it really late in the year. Uh, but my number nine is Paddington 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, another movie that is... I've never seen Paddington 1. Uh, I heard Paddington 2 was very good, so I wanted to check it out, and it did not disappoint. It is beautiful and touching and so, so much fun. You can tell the actors have a great time filming it. and also has a really good message about uh, accepting people who are from different cultures and different ways of life, and uh, yeah. that I think is very, very timely. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen I it, and I'm going to have to see it. Um, I number nine for me again. I, I feel like I'm a loser, but uh, I, I Creed two is my number ninth favorite movie of the year. I you know you guys know that I loved uh, the original Creed. I love the original uh, big, Creed too. I'm a big Rocky fan, and I I wasn't underwhelmed by the sequel. I thought the sequel did a lot of things really well. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but uh, you know I, I think it's an all star cast and everyone did a great job and it. it it's as legitimate of a movie as the first one and just continues the story. And I thought Stephen Cappell, the director did a actually a wonderful job with a lot of the scenes. And I, I took time out to watch his uh, kind of his first big indie film called the land that's on Netflix. And that's a really good movie. So I'm really excited for his career. So in that spirit that cracked my top 10. Nice. Yeah. I never got around to seeing it, but it, yeah. it looks worth good. it. It's on, it's, it just came out last week for, okay. uh, on home Netflix? viewing so oh, check it out somewhere yeah. my number eight is that what we're doing now mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. my we'll number jump. eight is uh bo burnham's eighth grade um i thought that he just won best original screenplay at the wga awards which is awesome um it's always hard to remember that he's our age and he's like i i would consider his his style comedy and what he writes about he's well, kind of a genius, like a comedic genius when you watch his, his specials. It's very interesting. Um, and he portrays eighth grade so well. And um, he, he even he does it so well for like our generation, I thought, because like I went through similar stuff. And for like kids who are in eighth grade now. And there's just a lot of things in the movie that I thought were really... Um, interesting and like hit me hard like everybody's staring at their phones like nobody's nobody is engaging with each other um i i really that movie really affected me and um i am excited to see more of bo burnham's stuff i mean for a first film it's incredible so and you can yeah, catch heard, it on I amazon talking about that yeah yeah you can see it on amazon so check yeah. it out yeah um didn't crack my top ten, but definitely an honorable mention for me. We weren't supposed to talk about honorable mentions. No, no honorable mentions. I can, mention. I can <laughs> slip <laughs> that in there. Slip it on. Um, my number, number eight. 
is eighth grade. Yeah, sorry, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did. I was gonna let it slide. But Love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's appropriate. Yeah. I'll just put it here. I didn't. I, <laughs> Uh, my number eight movie of the year, um, my back end of the list here is a, filled with a lot of movies I really enjoyed. Um, one of the ones I really, really enjoyed this year in theaters, especially, is um, Mission Impossible Fallout. Number eight. Fuck yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> just super impressive stunt wise and really all aspects of it from the performances to the creativity of um, the choreography of all the stunts mm-hmm. and the story too i mean i think we'll talk about it more later it's it's <laughs> it's the best action movie i've seen since mad max fury oh Road. for sure uh, yeah it's, it's a fantastic movie and anyone who gives me shit about liking the mission possible obviously film. hasn't seen them yeah, yeah, yeah. They, can, they can fuck right off um yeah. this is a great and- the great movie you know, you talk about the story being good too. Someone tweeted out that it had like one of the most adult. I don't like this isn't really a spoiler because it's not why you go see the movie, but it has one of like the most adult like kind of like breakup things ever. Like meaning two characters mm. who kind of like realize they come to a you watch them come to really a realization that they get to move on in a way that's so mature <laughs> and <Yeah>. like real <laughs> at the end of that movie. That's yeah. like I don't know. You didn't. You don't expect that from a Mission Impossible or like yeah. a James Bond kind of movie, but like they the, did it. Yeah, in the backdrop of like a world saving moment. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So that was pretty cool. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I got. I we'll talk about that more because yeah, I we will. think yeah. Um. Yeah, so what's you. your number eight? My ocho is uh, uh again. I want to talk about the thing back back on these movies in 2018. It's more about moments that I remember being in theaters. And a lot of moments I remember watching The Quiet Place, or sorry, A Quiet, The A Quiet Place, uh, <laughs> in in theaters. I, I just, I think I kind of feel like, sorry, not to not, not to derail, but I feel like if, if this was released later in the year, it'd be getting a little more love at this time of year. Um, yep. Yes. And because uh, I do remember feeling like that was kind of a, a really amazing cinematic achievement that film, especially in sound and just watching it with a pa- watching a quiet movie with a packed theater. But there's one moment in that movie where one of the characters steps on something and it's kind of a holy shit moment. And uh, that sticks out in my mind. So it definitely <sighs> yeah. cracked my top 10. Uh, it could and probably be higher, but I don't know. Again, it's so long ago that it's kind of creeped back down. But that's I'm, my number eight. I missed it. I've never you felt, didn't see it. I didn't see it. Wow, I've never felt more guilty about eating popcorn in a movie than that. Movie. I know it's great. I it. We'll talk about it more. we can talk about that more later. Um, okay, so my number seven was the favorite. Uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed this movie. I uh, yeah. thought it was super funny and um, uh, just like uh, good acting, just silly dialogue. They treated. You know, it, was, it felt like a period piece, but they also were very like um, modern in their interactions with each other, and it, like I liked that a lot about it. It didn't like um, placate to us or whatever. Um, yeah. But my favorite moment in that movie is the dance scene in right. the hall between Rachel Weisz and um, yeah. Nicholas Holt's character, I think, or it was somebody else. It was the other guy. Uh, where it's just, it's not like at all traditional, what, traditional dance. dancing, and I loved <laughs> it. I was just like so fucking funny. I, uh, we were the only ones laughing in the theater during some of those moments. It's like, all right, this is I get what movie we're watching now. This is great. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. my number yeah. seven was the favorite. Not my favorite, but a great movie. A favorite. A favorite. Uh, my number. Yeah. My number seven. Uh, it's a movie that I thought would have, or at least now, get more recognition and more people have seen it because I think it probably deserves to be better than um, what people are writing this year off as. Um, Can you ever forgive me? Is my number seven. Um, Melissa, Melissa McCarthy's by far best performance of her career so far um, and an incredible performance by Richard E. Grant and supporting it's funny it's tragic it's personal it's just a really great movie um, I think this has a way wider audience than what it was released as uh, it's really great I really really like this movie yeah, yeah. Mitch did you see it I didn't see it no it yeah, was, you know, I, I understand out of all it. the movies that I haven't seen, honestly, this one is the one I want to see as most I quickly. So. I don't know why. It interests me more than any of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it was out of my top ten for a very long time, and I swapped it out with Widows in, like, the last two weeks. Mm. And uh, just because I just kept thinking about this movie, and the more, like, I hear, you know, the, uh, the Oscar nominations came out, and the more just I think about it, the more, like, I was, like, no, oh, I yeah, really yeah. like that movie. I remember seeing trailers for that movie like last, like this time last year. Like they, like they were gonna release it earlier, and then they were like, "Oh, it's actually let's just kind of mm-hmm. push it further. Maybe, maybe they got something here for Oscar season." Right. And then I think it just like, then they didn't it push like, it at it, all. It just like creep, it like just like creeped out there in like yeah. September. Like yeah, was, and they didn't they didn't release like any. They didn't really push it. Mm-hmm. it it's. It's far better than that, and it, yeah, I mean, it should have been marketed as a comedy. It's like it's Melissa McCarthy, like marketed as a comedy, even if it mm-hmm. isn't really one, and people will go see it. And they didn't do that. They were like, "Oh, it's a drama. It's suspenseful, kind of like." No, it's 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 great. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks really good. really is. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Richard E. Grant is up for a award tonight for supporting he actor. He is, and an Oscar, <laughs> and he's going to Who be in the next Star Wars that? movie coming out. Oh yeah, December. that's right. Wait, which one? I'm really excited about episode nine. Episode episode nine. Does that come out this year? Yes, it does. <gasps> yes, it does. Oh my god! I'm excited. Um, my number seven. Speaking of Star Wars, not really. My number seven <laughs> was uh, Ready Player One. I, uh, I I am not ashamed to say that I loved this movie. I feel like this got a lot of shit on the Twitterverse mm. uh, for being kind of like a tech bro movie, which I think a lot of people. Uh, you know, like a lot of people took the main, the main like fictional character of uh, uh, Holiday to be kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg, and then they thought that was like a bad uh, message. I don't think that's what this movie is about. This movie is about playing video games with your friends, and uh, that's why I enjoyed it a lot. I related to it a lot. I used to play video games online, and I, you know, did the socializing thing online when I was in high school, and it reminded me of that. It also is nostalgic for uh, video games and movies and all things pop culture. There's an amazing scene in that movie about The Shining. Mm-hmm. That uh, I mean, it's really fantastic, and it's, it might it might get this movie an Oscar win for VFX because of it. So uh, I don't know. I love this movie. It's the most fun Spielberg movie I've seen since Catch You Catch Me If You Can, and uh, I I don't know. It, to be honest, as far as favorite, I put it at seven. It could be up there. It could be top three, but I, I, you know, considered maybe dropping it a little bit. So, Ready Player One, number seven for me. I love it. I mean, yeah, uh, not correct my top ten, but 
definitely an honorable mention. Very fun movie. Yeah. I mean, I think just feel like you can admit it's just like a fun fucking movie. Like it, it I don't know. It, it's not. It's not gonna win Best Picture, but but it was a joy to see in the theater. Yeah, and the, that shining scene. Really, I was debating putting that in scene of the year because it right. was just right there. I mean, it's really, really good. Um, I saw it twice. Once was for free, but I still saw it twice in mm. theaters. Nice. Um, uh, Mitch, let's move on <clears> to My number six. six is the Coen Brothers, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, I love Westerns. I love the Coen Brothers. Basically, I they could do no wrong here, and they really didn't do wrong. Um, six separate stories that all are kind of intertwined with weird lines of dialogue that kind of like reference each other. Um, for instance, there's a moment where um, there's a a chicken that counts and it's like a sideshow attraction, traveling sideshow attraction. And then later in the Tom Waits one where he's the separate story where he's stealing the owl's eggs, like the gold digger. And he says he grabs them and then he decides to put some back because it's looking at him. And he's like, oh, how much can a bird count anyway? So there's little fun stuff in there like that. Mm-hmm. It's there's pretty much every story is tragic in a way, but fun. the f- yeah <laughs> yeah I know. But they're really well done. And the first story I could see an entire feature film about that that character Buster Scruggs. It's like a Looney Tunes meets Wild West, and it is so goddamn funny and entertaining. I would have loved to watch another hour and a half of that character this yeah. is one of those movies that i feel guilty not having seen because it's on I netflix access to it it's on netflix. Colin, did you see this i did yeah uh didn't crack my top 10 honorable mention just outside of my top 20 i but i feel like i should watch it i watch it one time i feel like i should watch again i, I watch I w- it on separate yeah. like i watch like three ones one night two ones another night and then two ones another right. night uh, yeah. through it all but there, there's there's some that i like more than others yeah of course um, and is as far as cohen Bro- i mean it's like, i think it's a really good movie as far as cohen brothers i think it's not quite up there with the other th- some of their stuff but uh, true true there's certain there's really certain ones in there that i think are just like fantastic that first one the one uh the last one and yeah. then the one with um the wagon train one yeah yeah, the wagon train one with Zoe Kazan. So okay, really so uh, not yeah. to not to selfishly self promote here, but uh, so the, the the wagon, the last one, I've kind of seen some of because the conversation uh, where they're just talking. Because, because my guy Chelsea Ross is in that. Right. Uh, Chelsea was uh, is in a movie of mine that's being released finally this April. Oh. So I'm hoping uh, maybe some of that buzz from uh, Buster Scrubs. Scruggs? Scruggs. Scruggs. Yes. Scrubs. Scrubby. Scrubby dubby dubby. I don't want no scrubs. In the tubby. I'm uh, tired here. He plays, he plays tired, the trapper, doesn't he? Asleep. He plays uh, anyways, the trapper. Yeah, in Chelsea's scene. in it and he does great. I've seen that scene and uh, I need to watch the whole thing. That scene so, is really well done. I've had people talk to me about that scene where they're like, I didn't really understand what was going on. And I'm just like, they're dead. Yeah. Like they're they're, they're on a they're carriage the to yep. to yep. heaven purgatory mm-hmm. basically, um yeah that that scene gets really fucking spooky. Yeah. The Coen Brothers are really good at that. Like just I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Anywho, Buster Scruggs, your number so six. Your number Colin? six, Colin. Uh, my number six is the favorite. Favorite. Uh, the favorite. Yeah. Uh, all around great, 
great performances by the three uh the three actresses and actresses in there uh i liked it a lot more than i thought i would and i thought i would like it a lot so uh i just love watching women behaving badly and i love how it is so period but feels like it's just a bunch of like rich spoiled people got dropped in a palace and they were just like have at it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. um, really really great and uh maybe my favorite emma stone performance okay. i thought she's, yeah, she's fantastic in it yeah um my number, number six. six is a star is born um i loved this movie i actually really love this movie i think it it does uh it does rock music in a way that like i don't know maybe walk the line did but not a lot of movies get completely uh accurate in this form um so i enjoyed it a lot it's another movie that i wonder um you know if this came out in march would we still be talking about it right now i I think that that timing really does make a difference um i also just you know again i come back to these moments like moments in movies that i've seen whether it's like the the shining moment in ready player one or you know the killmonger speech in black panther uh when Allie comes out and sings Shallow in uh, A Star is Born, it, it's a moment that, like, I believed. Like, they did it. We can talk about this more because it's up for a bunch of awards. It's up for Oscars. But I, it is really impressive how well they did live music in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it feel like a concert. And they made me feel like she sang that song in a parking lot a scene before and sings it on the stage the next scene. That you know, as a musician, they could they could do it that way, and it would work. Um, so I was extremely impressed by *A Star Is Born*, and it definitely cracked my top ten, and I put it at number six, kind of arbitrarily. I mean, for me, honestly, six to one here is end up. They're all movies that I love, so mm-hmm. nice. Not too much nice. uh, difference between this and the next ones. Mitch, all what's right. in your uh, what's in your fifth spot? My number five is *Roma*. Um, Roma was very well made and I want to see it in theaters when it eventually re-releases because I think it's going to win the Oscar for best picture. Um, extremely well shot, extremely well acted production design. I, this, I think it's what of all things, the cinematography blew me away the most. It's just the wide angles, the stationary camera. Um, yeah, just slice of life. A lot of things go on in that movie where I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, like uh oh, <laughs> I guess uh oh, you know, you gotta well, the scene where she goes to visit her um, baby daddy, I guess, and um and you piece of shit, and he's like training with a bunch of other young men, like fighting, and then they're like, oh, that man over there, that's a American general and CIA, and I'm like, oh, this isn't gonna end well. We're <laughs> we're talking about the fucking. Uh, Central America in the 70s, like this is gonna go badly. <laughs> so, very political, very well done, um, tragic, and extremely well acted and well shot. I loved it. Absolutely. Another one I'm guilty of not seeing. If it comes out uh, in theaters, I would recommend seeing it in theaters. Yeah. Just because yeah. the, the cinematography mm-hmm. is amazing. Right. Are we on Colin? five? We're on five? Mm-hmm. My yep, number five. My number five is If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, uh, I wanted to see this so bad. It is a it. gorgeous movie. It is wonderful performances. So lush and beautiful. And 
everything from the styling to the music to the performances it just feels like a big warm embrace it is it, it's, it's a be- beautiful movie that tackles difficult subject matter but also keeps the focus of its two characters front and center and really the love between them is what propels this movie i think to to really really great uh great heights it's it's beautiful it's stunning it is a slow movie i will caution people with that (laughs) it it takes its fucking time and it's 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 fine because Mm -hmm. it's it is beautiful to watch it's very well done but i did almost fall asleep so yeah but uh i I don't know i I, this is one that i've like really if you know, I said, I said, uh, can you ever forgive me? Is one that that's the one I really want to see. Number two, <coughs> sorry, number two is if Beale Street could talk. We were <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I was at the uh, Indie Memphis Film Festival and it was playing there the Saturday night that I got in, but it was completely sold out. And I just I, that's like such a regret to be, you know, to have the opportunity to be in Memphis and to watch this. And uh, <laughs> I really pisses me off every mm. time i think about it but i have a question for you colin mm. not to not not to digress regina king yes you have her as a sporting actress in the ward absolutely she up for an oscar she is you think she's gonna win it's hard um i was talking to mitch about this before we went we went on i think she is not, going i'm sorry not that this is about the oscars because fuck the oscars yeah, it's yeah. about the awards but still i'm just curious i think she's going to um really i think she's going to she the only thing that's going like kind of like has me second guessing is she wasn't nominated for a bafta she wasn't nominated for a sag she hasn't had right. as much publicity as the people winning but like the field is that supporting actress is the most up in the air out of maybe all the Oscar categories. Are they going to give it to Amy Adams, who's been nominated tons of times, hasn't won before? Could it be mm-hmm. Rachel Weisz, who won the BAFTA most recently? I have no idea. Um, I think Regina King will get it, though. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop coughing. Are you smoking um, a bowl yeah, over there? Smoking over there? Yeah, is Emma Stone up for the supporting? or yes. or... or she is right. Yeah, supporting. Yeah, you don't think she's gonna win just because she won? Because she's she won, she won best. She's actress. already won. No, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. But, but also, she's gonna split with Rachel Weisz. Yeah, and yeah. they're right. they're both nominated for the same movie. They're not gonna. Right. Win. Neither of them are gonna win. Yeah, Rachel Weisz already has an Oscar too. So she? I should From say what? that. Uh, Constant Gardner. All right, that movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, who do you think was it. better in the favorite, Emma Stone or Rachel Weisz? Rachel Weisz. I think she fucking kills that movie. Mitch, I love it. Midge. Um, hmm. so. I think it's harder than you're making it out. To yeah, me. they're so different. I I don't know. Well, it's like because there's a lot of funny moments. Like I think Emma Stone is the funnier character. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But Rachel, yeah, I don't know. I think Olivia Coleman's Olivia Coleman is I think the best. But um, of those two, I don't know. Have you guys seen The Night Manager? No. no. All right, you know what? I don't want to get into it. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> number, my right. number, were we not five? Yeah, five. <laughs> Remember we were going to make this segment short? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're supposed to be ten minutes. All right, let's well, go. Let's well, go well it's quick. fun talking about People movies. People want to hear the wars. They don't want to hear what we think. Number f- I've, I'm going to put time codes in. <laughs> number right. five. Uh, number five for me was Mary Poppins Returns. I Whoa. loved it. Actually, 
What? You hate that? No, that just surprises me. <laughs> I love this movie. I'm a little bit of a Mary Poppins stand to begin with. I love the original Mary Poppins. I saw this movie with my parents, and to be, out, be honest with you, my mother uh, was sitting next to me. And, and honestly, for my mother, Mary Poppins is Star Wars. So this was like your Star Wars The Force Awakens to yes. her. I, I really, it was. So I know, you know, she wouldn't admit it and she's not going to listen to this, but I heard her crying now and then and like I was getting teared up and like the production design's amazing. I love the music. I know even everyone from like a bunch of critics hated some of the music. I know Adam Graham of the Detroit News, I respect him a lot, but he, you know, he said the first song he knew immediately it wasn't going to be a good movie. I don't know what any of these people are talking about. I can't get the songs out of my head. I listen to it all the time. I love it. Um... I, you know, I come back to those moments and movies in 2018. It's been, I just feel like since 2016, it's just every, every month is more joyless than the next. And this movie was super joyful. And I love the final musical number of the song that there's nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. It's uplifting. It's optimistic. It's a beautiful sequence. I, I really, really love this movie. Out of all the movies on this list, there's no movie more than Mary Poppins Returns that I saw and wanted to walk back into the theater and watch it again. So this is my number five. It could easily be my number one. Whoa! Uh, I loved this movie, and I and I it's it's again it's one of those movies that people just love shitting on because it's a remake or it's a sequel or whatever. But I think I I don't know. There's no there's no technical aspect of this movie that isn't top notch. That's the number one thing. If you don't like some of the content, I guess I understand that. If you don't like musicals, great. But people really tried hard to make a beautiful film on this movie. You can tell. And I think they did it well. So it's my number five. I, I, I really liked it, too. It didn't crack my top ten. But uh, no, I, I, I like what you're saying with, with all that. I, I think the movie is more made up of musical sequences than it is an actual movie. Sure. But, I mean, that's still fun. Yeah. Tons, no, tons of fun for me to watch. Yeah. My favorite thing about uh, my favorite thing about Mary Poppins is the Simpsons episode, <laughs> where she, you know, the, the whole episode goes by, and then she's like, "I'm off, children," and she can't wait. She can't wait to like get the hell out of there. And in the in the background, she's floating up on our umbrella, and they're like, "Don't worry, guys, she'll be back soon." And and in the background, you see a plane just hit her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> it was great. I heard that the. Balloon Lady was supposed to be Julie Andrews, but she didn't do it. Yeah, you know she has. Um, Julie Andrews has some vocal cords yeah, issues. Yeah, I know she can't. She can't do it the way she used to, which yeah. is really sad and depressing. Yeah, that is talk about tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. So my yeah. number four. Uh, yeah, your number four. <laughs> my number four is Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, as you've already said, one of the best action movies of the past ten years. Um, I finally got my dad to watch these we watched rogue nation and he loved it and then he caught ghost protocol and loved that and i'm and I, now i'm i think i'm just gonna go buy buy um excuse me i have I have hiccups Ooh, burps burps and hiccups um <laughs> it's fucking rose um i'm gonna go find this i'm gonna find this movie i'm gonna find this movie and buy it and probably just have my dad watch it Watch it. It. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I can't drink any more of this. It's so good. It's good, I'm gonna but find it's... her. Mission Impossible. You got you got a wife. You got a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna watch you. <laughs> that's from the that's from the third one. 
fucking Philip Seymour Anyways, Hoffman. Uh, Cal, <laughs> what's gotcha. your fourth favorite movie? Uh, my number four is Cold War. Uh, it's the most recent movie I saw in the theater. Um, and I was blown away by it. I had no idea what this movie was about before going into it. I knew it was black and white. And I knew it was foreign. And I knew it involved music. Polish. Um, somehow. And uh, I was just just fl- stunned by this movie. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was way more engaged with it than I thought it was going to be. It's a breeze at 88 minutes. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It is stunning to look at. There is some gorgeous cinematography going on. The performances are great. And it's it's a relationship that, like, you know has failed, but it's like you keep wanting them. It, It's great. It, this is a great movie. It's on Prime Video, so. Not yet. March 22nd. Oh. What? I've seen. I've been on there, Amazon Prime many times, and it, I've seen it. It's all ads. It's like Fuck. coming soon. Ah, Jesus Christ. It's, it, um, this is a great, great movie. I'm so Colin. happy it was nominated for director. This is worse than the Cold War. <laughs> Colin. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it nominated for any awards because I saw it way after. I saw this. It only came to. <laughs> well, sometimes the autocrat is wrong, Kale. It only came to Michigan two weeks ago, so that's that's okay, why I saw right. it. So you're saying that if you could go back in time? Oh, there's a few of them. If I, I could turn back time, which I just saw share recently. And it was <laughs> okay, you've so all good. had a little too much rosé. <laughs> Sorry, right, when I drink rosé, I just start quoting share. Um, yes, your number four. My number four is the favorite. Um, this is another one that could easily be number one. I just saw this last Sunday, which was only five days ago. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, the favorite was great. You guys have all said enough about it. I just want to add that the uh, cinematography was the most breathtaking, breathtaking, breathtaking aspect of this film that I uh, took away from. I, I was blown away by the. Not only the camera movement, but mostly the lighting. It's a the, dark movie. It was dark, it very it really natural well. natural lighting, really. Yeah, and it's great. It's, it's wide great. angle lenses. Awesome use of practical lights. Yeah, babe. the wide angle lenses were interesting. Like, um, oh yeah, with the, there was you know there was that first scene where not scene, but it was like right in the beginning. It should, it's like a panning shot of the carriage going by, and it's like a mm-hmm. fisheye lens. And I was yeah. like, oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. no, that's it different. Lenses. It swinges camera rigs all in, in within the scenes. It's pretty amazing what mm-hmm. they're doing. Yeah, um, and, and then also, the ending I mean, too, with that last like shot of like all the um of the, the bunnies, the bunnies, yeah. and just weird. Yeah, that spoilers. was really strange. Like I, I yeah. loved how that movie ended. I was like, you know, I also what? just even like the the mo- well the moment. <laughs> this is weird because it's not like a consequential moment in the movie, but the scene where uh, Nicholas Holt is that his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emma Stone are walking, and there's just it's just they're walking between b- a bunch of bonfires essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Like that was one of the most <laughs> breathtaking shots I've seen all year, mm-hmm. and it's simple, but it it's done so well. And mm-hmm. then of course, and then he pushes, he pushes her, her down. Until, um, <laughs> he's really <laughs> good right, at so, that. He's really fucking good at that movie. Yeah. I I really like yeah, him. He's great. I like that guy a lot, actually. Um, uh, number three. Mitch, oh, why don't you marry him? Let's do this. <laughs> number three. <laughs> Number three for Mitch, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, ew, no. I didn't see that, actually, but I don't want to. Um, Number three is The Death of Stalin, Armando Iannucci's uh, satire 
about um, the death of Stalin and the jacking for par- power between Khrushchev, uh, Beria, and a bunch of other um, Russian Politburo members. And I loved it. It was very funny. The um, Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev, and he's very good at it. And uh, from everything I've read about this moment of his moment in history, a lot of it is true. Like a lot of the instances that that Armando Iannucci um, portrays on camera are true. And it, despite like the time period, like uh, it didn't take just like a week or two. It it took months for all of it to transpire. But you know, it's still very good, very funny, um, very good performances. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Nice. We'll do Colin number three. My number three is Roma. Uh, oh, I. It's probably the best made movie of the year. Uh, it is yeah. so technically um incredible. Quran uh, definitely keeps up with his like trait of doing long shots but he does it on a far more personal level this time around which uh i liked a lot more than i did in gravity but uh it's it's stunning it is beautiful it is personal it's touching it's genius it it deserves every single award it will receive it is a beautiful beautiful movie i can't wait for it to come back to theaters it was only here in michigan for one week at not my favorite theater to see movies in uh, the main mostly mm. bec- mostly because of sound. Oh, those, uh, their their fucking seats are uncomfortable. I can deal with an uncomfortable seat, but when a movie is like supposed to be seen in Dolby Atmos and it's like cat like yeah like calibrated for that, I want to fucking see it that mm-hmm. way. And it's yes, just, but it's support your local art theater, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Like, <laughs> I have to be comfortable if I'm going to sit there for two hours. Well, two and a half with this movie. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, it's Just like more like more like the back pain art. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, they can't all be winners. But. <laughs> <laughs> but this 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 movie is great. It is. Uh, I put I. It, I understand why this movie is very hard for people to watch because it is long, it's black and white, it's foreign. But I put my phone in another room. I ordered Netflix 4K specifically to watch this in. It is, I, I as much as I want to see it on a theater, I had a great experience watching it at mm-hmm. my home. So I, I urge people to take two and a half hours out of your day. Yeah, have have an edible. And just watch this movie because it halfway through this movie it just goes in another level of filmmaking and it is so so good. Yeah, um, yeah. My my like family all watched it as well and they loved it. Yeah, they were just like blown away by it. It's, I think like it may not be my favorite because just taste wise, um, but I think it is one of the best made films. Absolutely. Of the best made film this year, yep. if not the best made film of the past like few years, yep. like it it, wow, it blows really? everything out of the way out of the water. Unfortunately, it's just a weird year for the Oscars, so I don't think it's going to get as much recognition as I think it deserves. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yep. Uh, I mean, the well, best film I, of the I year might be the opening shot of Roma. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay, I will put that on my uh, my number three to watch after uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me if Beale Street could talk, and then it'll be Roma. Right. What's your number three? Um, 
My number three is Mission Impossible Fallout. You guys mm-hmm. alluded to your love of it earlier, but I do put it up there in the top three. I don't remember being in a theater like this like since you guys said since Mad Max, where I was literally gripping the edge of the seat. I was uh, in in a Hitchcockian way as douchebaggery as that sounds. <laughs> uh, I think this movie does action in a way that puts you on the edge of your seat. That reminds me of Hitchcock, not in action. I mean, it's it's not about the fact that it's stunts. Like I think it's lost on people. Oh yeah. In the last, the, even the the fourth Mission Impossible and the fifth Mission Impossible, I think it's lost on people. It's not necessarily that the stunts are so good. It's that the tension's great, the editing's fantastic, um, and it makes you really, you know, you know he's gonna get out of this alive. But Whoa. either way, it, <laughs> at the end there, it, it, I wasn't sure. I yeah, wasn't sure. You weren't sure. I guess in this one you weren't sure. Yeah. But uh, the reality is, is that the editing is so fantastic that uh, it, it it brings it brings to the, the the body and the mind tension that I didn't see in any other film this year or the past few years. So Mission Impossible, Fallout uh, cracks my top three. Nice, nice. Yeah. Mitch, uh, it's what's fantastic. Your number, two? Um, number two is Isle of Dogs. I've always been a big Wes Anderson fan, and I like his animated films, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and just little bits of animation in other movies. And um, this movie is very well animated and funny. It's an hour and a half. It's got a great score. Um, just silly lines of dialogue and it's just a really uh, tight tight script as well like so many running jokes and running like references that like are pay off in the end and i i really appreciate that in a movie when it does that right and uh it's funny it's it's well done and i completely disagree with all the uh controversy and criticisms around it i think those are bullshit uh con uh, criticisms and you're tr- thinking and trying too hard to be upset about something and i think you need to chill agree quite frankly i don't understand them at all i don't like, understand it, it at all either it's funny I'm, I'm trying too hard to be happy about something not upset about something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you like the music i haven't listened to the music yet is it alexander desplat yeah yeah huh? yeah mm-hmm. usually does is it? wes anderson mm-hmm. yep it's him yeah, um, and it, it, it also... It is up for a award tonight, I think, right, is, Colin? It is, yeah. It also like borrows a lot from um, from uh, Akira Kurosawa films, mm-hmm. like Seven right. Samurai and stuff. It's really well done. Like, God, the, the fucking opening sequence of the, the credits is are just like drummers, yeah. like drumming on Japanese like uh, drumming. And it's awesome. It's, it's so well done. It, and that was a movie... To see in the theaters, mm-hmm. like at full, we had a packed house seeing this movie, and people were laughing, and it was just a ride. Like it's so well done. Um, obviously, the title is um, supposed to be like "I love dogs," yes. right? Yes. I want everyone to know. That, uh, <laughs> have you ever seen Kentucky Fried Movie, Mitch? Yes. <laughs> so there's, there's an establishing shot in that movie of an island. Mm-hmm. And they, that island takes place on an island called Isle of Lucy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if anyone got that from this. Right. Uh, what about uh, Isle of Men? Oh. Is that is, is that a classic joke? <laughs> this is just an isle, island that, in, in the UK, Isle of Man. Oh. Oh, is that I'm an booking island? a ticket. The Isle of Man. <laughs> isle of Man. 
Colin, you're number two. Number two. Number two for me. Who does it, number two work for, Colin? <laughs> Who does number two work for? He works for a documentary called Minding the Gap. Um, wow. Wow. Really? Yep. This uh, was... Wow. I heard really good things about this movie, and I it's on Hulu right now, and I put it on one night and said, I'll, I'll give it a try. About 15 minutes into it, I thought, I'm going to hate this movie. It is about a bunch of skater kids, a bunch of burnouts with no drive in their life. I don't like this. He and was a half hour into it, I was so fucking wrong. Uh, this movie floored me like like no other movie until my number one. But, <laughs> but it's it's absolutely stunning. It, what the director does here with, I think, 12 years of footage of, wow. from the lives of these teens to young adults is so incredible, so personal, so tragic. It's about I what I tell I don't want to tell people what it's about, but it's about skate. It's about skating, but it's not about skating. It is so so good, so so painfully touching, but interspersed with these incredibly filmed sequences of kids riding their skateboards. It this is a stunning movie. Uh, it, it's on Hulu. Everyone should watch this. It is incredible. I do want to watch it. This is another one that was at the Indie Memphis Film Festival that I did not get to see. I will have to watch on the internet. Yeah, I think I think um, Kale, I think you're gonna freak over this movie. I really do. Yeah. It's interesting. It was directed by a like cameraman. <laughs> yeah, like a successful cinematographer in his own right. Mm-hmm. Like he he's young. He's also nominated for a few awards tonight. Oh. Uh so would you say it's about a boy and a girl? I mean, can I make it any more obvious? Mm, there's not. Really Did a he lot of women do women. punk and she do ballet? Yeah. What more can you say? <laughs> oh, I get it. There it is. Because <laughs> they were um, skater boys. They said, sure. "See you later, boys." <laughs> um, my number two. Do you guys want to hear my number two? Okay, I'll entertain the idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> Again, okay, again, as we get into the last two films here, keep in mind that I did not see a lot of the what you would call critically acclaimed movies of the year. You keep but, like uh, prefacing like your top 10 is going to be horrid. It's really not it's that not bad. It's not that so bad. Far. You're, yeah. you're fine. Well, really okay. Bad. Anyways, my number two is Black Klansman. Um, I loved uh, basically every part of this movie. Uh, there's not a lot I could say that was wrong with it. Um, I like Spike Lee. It felt like vintage Spike Lee, this movie, in every way, from cinematography to content to uh, editing. Um, so I love this movie. I think uh, this sounds kind of weird because the movie's not really about him, but I thought Corey Hawkins' performance in this movie was outstanding. That's one of the performances that stands out with me as one of those moments in 2018. He, of course, plays Stokely Carmichael, yeah, Stokely in, a very, Carmichael right. uh, in a very fictionalized moment in this movie. If you ask me, out of I've never felt so passionate about a um, an Oscar snub in my life uh, than than Corey Hawkins in this movie. Yeah. I think it's he was so like, minor, though. Yeah, it, it's so minor, but he was fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say he's any less minor than Sam Elliott, uh, or or I don't know. I mean, a lot of times, or, or yeah, no, I, get it. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times, supporting <clears> actors or actresses are not or they're in one scene. Um, I don't see any reason why he couldn't have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. 
but anyways, I, I loved him in this movie, and I also loved the movie. I thought it got it was kind of funny, but it, obviously it's not funny because it deals with a lot of heavy content, and of course, uh, the end of the film kind of brings it back home, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, home meaning now, and uh, yeah, it, and I I do think. Uh, not that not that this is about the Oscars, but I think Spike Lee has a good chance of winning here. If not, uh, just for the longevity of his career, I think this is going to be one of those uh, lifetime Oscars that he, he might get. So, and I mm-hmm. hope he does. I, he deserves it. You know, if they're going to give this, if they're going to give that kind of award to, let's say, um, uh, Martin Scorsese for Departed or mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for Revenant. There's no reason that uh, Spike Lee can't get a quote-unquote lifetime Oscar he, for uh, Black Klansman. He, he, definitely deserves he it. has two opportunities, two chances at, on Oscar night to win an Oscar. He's for Best right. Director, and he's for Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. And right. I don't think he's going to win Best Director. Like yeah. the way they've, the way Alfonso Cuarón has been talked about the past few months since his nomination. It, there's just I just don't think there's any way that Spike Lee will take that from him, um, but I think he will win the Best Adapted Screenplay Agreed. award. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it, he deserves it. I like that. You can listen to our episode on it. We had a joint episode I did with um, Justin Vieira, who's a friend of mine, and we talked about Black Klansman and Sorry to Bother You, which are both very poignant films in today's society and what they're about. Um, whether it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's just at the end of Black Klansman, literally, I like started crying. So yeah, uh, it was that because you you go through that whole movie of like God, these fucking racists, like fuck them, and then you're and I mean, obviously, going into it, I was I knew that this was still going on because if you pay attention, then you know this. <laughs> but some people don't pay attention and they don't know that this is a big deal going on right now and you can listen to our whole episode about it. It's a long one, but it's a good discussion, I think. And I will say that, um, yeah, that, that moment at the end of Black Klansman is probably one of the most memorable moments in film from the past, like, 10 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was so, that was another one of the scenes. There was so many good scenes this year. And then yeah. that ending scene of Black Klansman, that cross-cutting scene between the mm-hmm. black power and the white power mm-hmm. yep. is so great. And the the movie is about the power of film mm-hmm. and like the power that film has over people because uh, there's a lot of discussion about like black exploitation movies and how he's like, yeah. oh, I love Superfly, but she's like, well, don't you see that that's a problem because Superfly's a pimp? And like, isn't that like kind of fucked up he's like oh they're just movies like they're just movies and then later he sees like the power that the birth of nation has on right. the clan mm-hmm. and yep. and it, it, it like all comes together and then he de- he then dedicates like basically the film to heather Heyer, the um the woman who was killed uh on that day in charlottesville charlottesville uh yeah really well done um yeah, yeah. I recently bought it on Blu-ray. You and, bought it, and cool. I like to watch it again. Yeah, oh. great. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to derail. No, that that, that that movie deserves that. deserves praise. It's a yeah. really well done yeah. film. 
Um, yeah. All right, my number one. All right, number one. To number get one serious here, <laughs> when our ten minute segment turned into an hour. Yeah, I yeah, I'm probably just gonna cut this and we're just gonna record yeah, we'll, again. We'll, maybe we'll make this into two different yes, things. Yes, we're gonna go. make it into two. Um, <laughs> so uh, my number one is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, I am sweet. a a uh, huge animation fan, as you can tell by my top two. I love dogs and whatnot, and it that that film is so uniquely animated. Um, the the message in it and the story and the characters are so well thought out and there's so many fine little details in that movie that just like add to its themes um that i loved it it was so well done it was so interesting um entertaining the visuals were great uh i don't know what else to say and it was funny too it was just all it's so entertaining yep it is my number 11. Uh, mm-hmm. Not good enough, are we? God, God, God I, what's your number one? The, the, the ending, like the not the ending, but the last like action sequence of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's crazy. I know. It was a little too crazy. Too crazy? <laughs> it like devolved into a little bit too marvel It's a territory. superhero. Yeah, I, know. I hear that, Colin. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I couldn't tell I what the that. fuck was going on. Yeah. yeah. But that movie is fucking awesome. Uh, my number one. Whoa, God, what, oh, my number one. Okay, had to look. I forgot what it was for a second. Um, well, is it really your number it one? Is. Trust me, it is. Uh, my number one is a movie called The Rider. Uh, yes. Which I saw, like I said, back almost a year ago today uh, at a theater. And I, I knew, what it, knew what it was about going into it, but I didn't expect to be as floored as I was by it. I, I should watch it again because I only watched it one time, but I can't remember a movie going experience like I had during the rider and the last movie I remember having that experience was moonlight, just like openly weeping at specific moments in this movie. It's, 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 it's really achievement. It's about, it has all unknown actors in it who play pretty much the real life character that they're based on. It's deals with masculinity and what it means to be a man in a, society and culture of rodeo that is all dominated by strong men who does big tough things and um, when you're not able to do that anymore what you do with your life and there's just a few shots in this movie that are just no dialogue just just bring me to tears it is an incredible achievement and a beautiful beautiful movie and I, I really 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 like this movie yeah, I need yeah. to see this. Yeah, I know. I remember Colin, you you texting us when you first saw it, and I, I've been meaning to see it since. I mean, you 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 had nothing but amazing things to say at the onset of it, and uh, and I know that it made it crept its way into a bunch of awards, right? It did. Yeah, yeah. And what was weird too is like it was nominated for Independent Spirit Awards, not this year, but last year. So it was like it was kind of like a funky release, where like. Was it released last year, or did it just make its way to Michigan this year? I, I don't really know, but I'm just very, very happy I saw it. Yeah, I was. I'm looking at like I'm trying to stay as uninformed as possible. Yeah, um, me but too. It, yeah. but it stars it stars Brady Jandro, Tim Jandro, Lily Jandro as family members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So it it is about this the the people. Yep. Which is very interesting, and I'm gonna have to. I really want to see it. Um, yeah. Well, that the director Chloe Zhao Zhao. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. she has been picked up to do a, a film right. with, um, uh, Francis McDormand called, Ooh. is that, yeah, with, it's called Nomadland. Actually, she already did it. She's going to do a Marvel movie. Francis, really? Yeah, this what? year. I didn't this see Chloe that. Zhao? Yeah, she's really? doing. I didn't see so that. Now I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, France, so it. this movie, Nomadland, Francis McDormand, David Strathairn. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Anyway, what's your number one? This is what I'm excited um, about. <laughs> uh, what's up, Danger? Uh, number one is is, is Spider Verse for me too, Mitch. I uh. I love that movie. Um, I'm actually a little shocked it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Uh, just just given not not because I think it's a great movie, but just given the buzz that that movie uh, received in December. Um, it, it was movie. it was kind of really fucking fascinating how uh, American audiences gravitated towards that movie. Because honestly, when I watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, what I see um, is not necessarily a comic come to life. I see an American anime movie. Um, and I'm just kind of shocked at the way that American audiences have positively responded to it. I'm glad they have. Um, but it's, it's a film that's right up my alley in a million ways, especially aesthetically. But uh, also in content, I mean, it's it's very much uh, relevant and uh, important and uh, inclusive. And uh, every part of that movie to me is amazing. And I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. So mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. like in my life every mm-hmm. day. It has a um, very good soundtrack. So, yeah. I mean, you know, in part, I may be influential on making it number one. But, uh, like, that's what movies are. I mean, movies are, well, you know, what what are these movies in 2018 are going to stick with me? five years from now um, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is definitely uh, I think the number one movie that will stick with me yeah I think about the leap of faith moment in that movie yeah know, at the very right. end I'm like yeah um, somebody pointed out when he does that <clears throat> he breaks the glass and throughout the movie it's like like um, established that when he gets stuck he cannot get unstuck from things because he doesn't know how right. and so he takes the leap of faith and when he takes the leap of faith he breaks the, the window like it pulls the window apart behind him. Mm. So it's just like shows that like he's taking the leap of faith, even though he's not ready. <laughs> right. So, which is, and, and, and cinematography cool. wise when, you know, I love that moment when he jumps. Yeah. Um, the, the camera flips over. Yeah. Mm. So he's actually he's going rising. Up. Yeah. That which part is really, really cool. awesome. Another yeah. scene of the year contender. Honestly, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> stunning. Yeah. And of course, we're talking about the uh, scene of the year for the 2019 awards, which um, now we can get into, right, guys? We're ready right. for that, right? I'm gonna, I'm, yes, we will do that yes, in a we, minute. We, you know what? Let's, let's end this episode. We're split it up. Can we take a break? Yeah, I need up, to right? go pee yes. again. <laughs> yes, I'm going <laughs> yeah, to. End. I need to pee. I need to fill my glass with some whiskey. Yes. We're gonna mm-hmm. do this. That was our top ten films of the year. When we come back, we're going to do uh, the actual 2019 awards show. Mm-hmm. All right, so we will. hang tight. Check into the next episode, yes. right? Thank you. This All this right. was the Planet Ant Filmcast, and it was, was powered by Pinecast. Thank you so much, Pinecast. We will see you in the next episode. Cheers. See you guys in a second. Let's get a good pee break.